I see people and I I see where I can help or I see where I can have impact and I just want to do it. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Abbott, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolster, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years. And on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. This is one I've been working on for quite some time. One of the best athletes in sports, uh, a guy who does so much on and off the court, Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. You can follow him on Twitter at Dame underscore Lillard. You can follow him on Instagram at Damian Lillard, Rookie of the Year, All-NBA four times, just won the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award, and one of the rare guys... Might be the only guy. Two walk-off series winning shots in his career in the playoffs. Ended a series against the Houston Rockets and more recently in last year's playoffs ended the series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Enjoy this interview with Damian Lillard. I'm with Damian Lillard at Damian Lillard Basketball Camp. Dame, uh, go back to when you were a kid. What's the first basketball camp you went to? Um, the first basketball camp that I went to was called Triple Threat Academy. I think I was in like the fifth grade. I was probably in the fifth grade. And it was like my first time like going to a camp where like I wasn't with my friends. Mm -hmm. My dad took me. He wanted me to be out there on my own and have to like meet new people and talk to people and play against like good competition. So he took me outside of Oakland to this camp where he paid for me to go. All the kids were good players, and that was, like, my first experience. So you probably have a pretty great appreciation for some of the kids that come to your camp. I know you're so involved. You're here all yeah. the time. Like, a lot of guys put their name on the camp, but they're there at the beginning and the end. You're here for the whole thing. Well, I mean, like you said, they put their name on it. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't put my name on anything. If my name is there, then I'm going to make sure it's the, the best product possible. And... Not just that, I want the kids to have a great experience. Um, you know, if they, if, if it's not about them having a great experience and them, um, learning things uh, about the game and learning things, um, that I could help them do in life, then, you know, why have a camp? Um, you know, I've been a part of camps where the players showed up at the end right. and took a picture and that was it. And I don't want my camp to be that because I can go to the mall and, take a picture with people if that's the if that's the case you know what i'm saying so right one of the things that i really marvel at about you and and you know i've lived here for 26 years i used to work with mr taylor over there back in Jay the day Tizzle. at the at the trailblazers your connection with the community is unlike anything i've ever seen from an athlete here or really in other cities that i've lived in uh mm -hmm. your respect program you've got the t-shirt on 
You know, I read a story the other day. There was a kid in Eugene who needed size 18 shoe. He's 14 oh, yeah. years old. He's having to cut off the toe. Yeah. You send him 25 pairs. You just won the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award, which is such a prestigious honor. Yeah. Where did your compassion for giving back to the community come from? Um, as far as giving back to the community, I think that just comes from having compassion, period. I just, you know, I, <clears throat> I see people and I, I see where I can help or I see where I can have an impact and I just want to do it. Um, especially given the position that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to be in, I just want to, I just want to do it. You know, I enjoy seeing people get picked up and making people happy, just doing stuff for other people. Um, but I think I learned compassion itself from my mom. You know, I always tell people how, you know, how much she went through with her jobs and, um, just different things that I've watched her go through. Mm -hmm. Um, but every Christmas we would wake up and we would open gifts, you know, that my dad and my mom got for me, my brother, my sister. And then after that, you know, we had to, the Christmas party at my grandmother's house would be at like six o'clock and we would be up opening our stuff at nine or 10 o'clock. We up opening everything and we would be done by say 11 o'clock after we open it, we play with our stuff, whatever. And then my mom would be like making us get ready for the Christmas party right away. Like we was putting our clothes on, putting our toys and our video games and all that stuff away. And then we had to put gifts in bags like okay this bag is for grandma Ruth's house my dad's mom and this bag is going to auntie wanda this bag is going to auntie van's house this bag is going to auntie clyde's house and we literally would have like full big black trash bags of gifts going to this person's house and that person's house and we would make six or seven stops dropping off gifts to make sure every kid here had something even if it was some socks or a mm -hmm. beanie or some pajama pants or a toy, like I remember being at the mall and my mom would just be stopping in random stores, just getting little stuff, just making sure, oh, I can get this for so-and-so and right. I can get this. She made sure every year, my entire life, that everybody had something, you know, and a lot of those years, that was the only gift that people got. But all those stops, you know, I never forget them because it would be like by the time we were done, it would be five 30 almost time to just go to my grandmother's house and we've been dropping off gifts at different cities different houses and i was like she never had to do that like people didn't treat my mom well all the time and people would talk about her behind her back and get mad when she didn't do stuff but she did it all the time and i think that's where i where i learned to do it you're listening to sports business radio with our guest damian lillard more after this open doors helps athletes share content on social Founded in 2012 by two former Nebraska football players, Opendoors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. More than 6,000 athletes around the world use Opendoors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with one click. Opendoors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the players' social channels. Leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. 
The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at opendoors. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger and our guest, Damian Lillard. You're an incredible leader on this team. You've created a culture for the Trailblazers. They come into the locker room and, and they just know what they're stepping into. When you need leadership or you need a mentor, who do you go to? Um, I have a few people. I talk to my dad um, just because my dad has always been in a position that I'm in now, like in a leadership role mm-hmm. for my family, like, I'm one of the youngest of all my cousins, but because of like my career and my financial situation and like who I am as a public figure now, I'm like the leader of my family. So it's like, who am I going, who am I going to talk to? Nobody else has ever been in this position, but my dad was like everybody just kind of listened to what my dad said and Mm -hmm. what he said was law. And it was kind of like that. So. I've always talked to him, like, when I need somebody to give me direction because I know if anybody's going to keep it all the way real and tell me something, even if it's not what I want to hear, even if I don't like it and not really care how I feel about it, mm-hmm. it's going to be my dad. So, And that's with sports. That's with how I feel about a relationship with a friend, mm-hmm. um, with a girlfriend, like anything. I know my dad is going to tell me the real and, you know, it's going to, impact the way I approach that situation or how I lead, you know, um, going forward. I want to go back to when you were coming out of uh, Weber State. Uh, did you understand branding and marketing? Because it seemed to me when you first came out, you had the license to Lillard videos. I started learning about mm-hmm. you. I didn't know, you know who you were other than when you worked out for the Blazers. Mm-hmm. But through those videos, I started understanding who you were. Then I started following your social media. And I felt like I was starting to get to know you before you ever played. How much of the storytelling about you and branding yourself did you understand when you were coming out of college? I didn't really understand it at all. I like, and that's like the beauty of all that stuff. License to Lillard. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in college, I did something called Damien's Diary, and I broke my foot in college, and I did a whole like video, like webisodes of my recovery. And it was just like sharing my story mm-hmm. and allowing people to get to know me. And that's all I did once I got drafted. It was like everything I read was, oh, he's unknown. He went to Weber State. He didn't do this. We don't, like nobody really knew anything. So that was my way of just letting people get to know me. And like the social media and everything, I was just being myself. <laughs> like that's all I ever did. And I think that's why it works because I'm not trying to market anything or trying to sell I'm not trying to sell myself. I'm just doing me. And um, it's it's allowed me to kind of stick to that, you know, and do things that I genuinely care about. And people believe it. You know, people support it because it's not just out of nowhere. I showed you from the beginning, like, this is who I am. I didn't have to pretend. I didn't have to put on a show. So it was it was perfect for me. You know, it ended up looking like 
marketing and branding and all that stuff. And then everybody starts saying, oh, my brand and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But it's never it's never been that. So it's easy to you're authentic. And if you're just authentic, that's how people you can just be you. Right. Like you even when I might be doing something that people don't like, you can still appreciate it because this is what it is. This is who I am. Like yeah. you're not going to find out about it like, oh, well, we thought, you know, he never said a curse word before. <laughs> and then when I'm playing a game and I say I cuss at a referee and they like, oh, we thought he didn't cuss. You know what right. I'm saying? Like <laughs> you just you you going to get the real me. We see the real you on social media, which is part of what I love about you. Uh, how did you kind of find your voice there? Because I know, like, some athletes clap back, as they call yeah. it, and, and you clap back. Uh, I saw you, you know, with Shannon Sharp. Yeah. And, and I mean, that wasn't really a clap back. That was just a response. I just responded to what he said. I didn't agree with it. But I guess, you know, some people have to make the decision of, like, when do I respond? When do I just, like let it be and there's a lot of trolls out there yeah. that are just trying to get you to respond how do yeah. you do you have like a a rule for here's when i respond here's when i don't respond i mean usually i can tell when somebody's saying something that they just want me to respond to like if it's something that that person and i know is like is not true then it's like they just want some attention whatever sometimes i'll respond to them just for fun mm -hmm. like okay i'm gonna give you the attention you want because I know, like, even if it's, like, something like that, everybody that follows me or, like, supports me is going to, like, tweet them to death. And then they just going to, like, delete the tweet. Right. Or they'll, like, make their profile private, stuff like that. Sometimes I do that out of fun. But if it's something that somebody's saying and I'm like, I got an opinion about that. Like, I actually have a thought about that. Then I respond and I'll say it. Like the Shannon Sharp situation, mm -hmm. I actually had a had an opinion about that. Yeah. And it's good because it's coming directly from you. It's yeah. not coming through another party. It's like, yeah. hey, we're hearing this from yeah, Dame. I tell you. I mean, you said it out loud to the public, and I'm going to respond out loud to the public. Right. Whereas it could have been you could just say it to me. Right. And then we can have this conversation. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of just what it is. Four Bar Friday. I love it. How did that start? I know you work, you know, Nate Jones is part of your, your team, and I'm a big fan of yeah. Nate's. Uh, Goodwin Sports is, great is really great, uh, the support that they have for the athletes. How did 4-Bar Friday start? Well, it started because I was doing, um, it was an app called Vine. Yep. I wasn't that. around for that long, but they only had six-second clips. Right. Like the video was only like six seconds, and I was trying to figure out, I wanted to start putting music out. And I wanted to start introducing people to me rapping. So I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, Vine is too, like, the video is too short. Like, I can't really, to get people to hear at least a rhyme or that you can put words together, it has to be at least four bars for okay. you to make stuff connect. Two bars is, like, incomplete. So I was like, Vine is too short. Um, and then Instagram was, like, 15-second videos at that time. So I was like, man, Instagram is like almost perfect. It was almost perfect because it was like you probably need like 16 seconds to say four bars. And um, if you say it fast enough, you can get it off in 15 seconds. So I basically started practicing to get some bars off in that amount of time. But then Instagram made it one minute video. Right. And I was like, okay, this is perfect. 
say four bars, hashtag, and just create a platform. Like, I wanted to create a platform for me to introduce, like, me rapping mm-hmm. to people that follow me. And I also wanted to create a platform and a community for aspiring artists because I didn't want to approach it like I'm in the NBA. Respect me as a rapper. I was like, okay, I'm going basically tag along with other aspiring artists and create a community of four bar friday and just we gonna all do it together we all gonna participate every friday and it kind of just turned into what it turned into we kept adding to it and making it a bigger deal and eventually people started like i would see people in public and they'd be like you should do four bar friday you should do it and i'd be like i started four bar friday like that's my idea (laughs) Like people really didn't know like right. I started it. Yeah. It's funny. Were you surprised at the response? Because I saw like the average person do it, but then a lot of pro athletes were doing it too. Yeah. I mean, it was like I reached out to LeBron and I was like, this dude got a big following. Right. Like people respect what he do. I was like, man, I need you to do a four bar Friday. I'm doing this whole thing. I seen you rapping. on. I heard you rapping and stuff. I didn't heard you do some stuff. I need you to do four bars. And I kind of just reached out to a few people. Um, and then once other players saw, like, a few NBA players do it, Bun B did one, like a couple rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey Badass did one. After that, everybody just kind of – I honestly don't even know if they knew that I was the one behind it. Yeah. They just saw all these people doing it, and it was kind of like right now what would be like just something trending. It was like trendy, so everybody started doing it. And then from there, it just took off each – each week it just it was getting more and more participants like it was getting more and more people to the point where i started off just looking i'd be like okay i'm gonna look at every video and pick the top four for this week Mm -hmm. and i would look at 60 videos and be like okay these are the best ones it got to the point where we had to like find like interns and people (laughs) people that would like look through these like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos and then send me the best of those. And then I'd be like, okay, these are the best ones yeah. out of what y'all picked. So, I mean, that just shows you how much it's grown. Well, imagine, like, how cool it is for those people you pick their video. If if they were one of the Four Bar Friday winners, that's something they're going to remember their whole life. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, And then you get them to keep participating weekly because you start giving out rewards. Like... At All-Star Weekend a few years back, we did, like, a whole four-bar Friday competition. I remember that. And we, like, bought people's tickets to come there. They had hotel rooms, tickets to All-Star Saturday. And now they, like, wanting to be in the top four so they competing hard because they know it's, like, incentives. Like, they looking forward to JBL headphones and sign shoes and tickets here and, you know, just stuff like that. Game tickets when when I come to the city that you, you live in. Um, so it, it just grows and grows and grows, and this is what it's turned into. I want to continue talking about your your music. So Dame Dalla, uh, you tweeted out the other day, this album I'm finishing, my first two albums ain't touching it. Yeah. What's different about the third? And then can you walk me through your process when you decide, you know, are you doing the writing? Are you doing the beats? How do you decide who you're collaborating with? Um so my first two albums I thought was good. The first one I did, I didn't really, I never made an album. So I just didn't, I didn't really know how to put it together. I didn't really have a, I knew what direction I wanted to go in. Like I wanted to do like storytelling. I wanted to basically 
do everything that I've always done, like ba- introducing myself, but I wanted to rap it, basically. That was kind of my approach, but I didn't know how to put it together. I didn't know how to find good production. I didn't know how to find distribution. I didn't know about marketing, and I didn't know nothing. I just knew I'm about to do an album, and I'm going to try to put it out. So basically, I thought it was strong, like, lyrically, but how it was put together, I knew it could be better. But I was still proud of it. Like, it did well for what it was. And then the second album, I had a little bit better idea. And I thought that one was a little bit better. But both of those albums was just a lot of input. Like, this person thinks that. This person thinks this. You should do this. You should do that. And it was like all of those things kind of made it not exactly what I wanted it to be. Okay. So that was the second one was 2017. And then I didn't do no music last summer. Um, this summer, I just, I started training. I was on the road. Um, I was in Phoenix training for like a week. And I had this company that like set up studios in, inside the house. They came and they set a studio up in the Airbnb that I was in. And the guy that I record with, engineer out of LA, um, Nate Alford, he came down, stayed for the week. So I would go train in the morning, do my on court stuff, lift, do my conditioning. And I would come back to the Airbnb and eat and just, we were just in there making music. And I just started just coming with records. Like I was just writing. I did like, we found good producers because his, he's engineered on like great projects, you know, with the best artists, Kanye's, um, Rihanna, wow. Jeremiah, um, Travis Scott. I mean, he's engineered with the best of them. So like me and him kind of developed this, partnership to where like now i'm through him i'm having access to the best production the best producers the best songwriters stuff like that so like i write my own lyrics but a lot of people have like camps where they have songwriters come in and they'll write like the hook or like the whatever the topic of the song is so we kind of sat down and we was just going through all that stuff and i was just recording 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 and everything that i was recording it was stuff that I liked because it was just me and him. It wasn't everybody else's opinion and thoughts on this and thoughts right. on that. We just did it. And I was like, okay, I respect your opinion enough because of the projects that you've been around, like the level of music you've been around. And some stuff he was like, ah, oh, this is just okay, but you should finish this one. It would be something that I liked from the beginning and I would just record a little bit and then I just kind of back off of it and start working on something else. And it was like three different times where he was like, you should finish this one. This one could be hard. You should finish this one. And like all of those songs ended up on the album. So like, um, it's all stuff that I, that is me. Like it's what I wanted it to be. It wasn't a whole lot of opinions. And then when I finished it, I played it for other people and they was like, Oh, you coming new. Like this, this yeah. your best stuff. It was like, that's the way it should have been. You had a listening party the other night. How'd yeah. that go? It went well. It was the third time that I actually had a listening party. The first two times, like, my music wasn't, like, it didn't have a lot of bounce. It was just more, like I said, storytelling mm-hmm. and, like, just kind of good vibes. And this this album is, like, it's more energy. Like, it's more tempo to the, the production. It's louder. It's more, like, it's more fun. When's it coming out? When can people start downloading it? It's coming out soon. Um, I'm shooting for July 25th. Okay. 
that's when I would like to drop it. Um, I think that's I think that's accurate. That's probably going to happen. You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Damian Lillard. More after this. When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and university stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger and our guest, Damian Lillard. Sponsors. You know, again, I think one of the things the sponsors love about you, A, you're an amazing basketball player, but B, you're authentic. And they know what they're getting when they partner with you. The other thing, the guy friends at Adidas and they're like, Dame comes out to campus, he sits in on the meetings, he presents to the employees, like you're an engaged partner. Um Adidas, Powerade, Hulu, BioFree, Spalding, Moda Health, you got a long list of yeah, endorsers. Yeah. And I really think, Dame, like, you're, you've changed the blueprint for small market basketball players. Everyone used to say, well, you can't get all these deals yeah. from a small market. Well, look at what you're doing. No one can say that anymore. How do you pick your partners? Cause, you know, I'm sure you could be working with even more than yeah. this number of sponsors. But what is it that you're looking for when you partner with a company? Um, for me, it's just if what they're about and what they um, have in mind is in line with, with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times that's the case. Like you said, I'm sure I could be partnering with everybody, you know, to make a little bit extra money. Like, okay, they're going to pay this. Let's do that. Right. They don't pay. But a lot of times every um, partner that I have is all connected, like, yeah, I work with Adidas and Powerade and um, Motor Health and stuff like that. But everybody's willing to work together, mm-hmm. so all of my stuff can connect. So, um, if, if you know somebody's not in line with that, or somebody doesn't want to be a part of that, then they just don't fit what I do. They don't fit what I'm about. Um, and it, I think it has changed, like the way people view small markets. It's it's kind of like. What they tell people that go to small schools, they like, if you can play, they're going to find you. If you are good enough, they'll find you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing. If you're worthy of um, elevating them, elevating their company or, or whatever, and y'all can have a strong partnership and uh, it'll be beneficial, they'll find you. It'll work out. The other thing I love that you do, you, you activate so well, whether it's on social media or, you know, you go over to China, like the things that you do, again, authentic. And it's not like some of the athletes you can tell, like, oh, they dragged this guy there. He didn't want to be there with you. I'm like, he's into this. 
and it just it I think it represents the company that you're representing well because yeah. you can tell. The other thing too that has changed in the last year or so, um, the NBA lifted the the requirement like your shoes can be any yeah. color now. And I know you that whatever store you want, right? That's been, that was the most fun thing about the shoes. I was like, okay. Now I don't have to like hide behind these colors. I can tell stories through the shoes and literally wear them and it don't have to match the uniform. So that was big. Um, but like this, like you said, like people, when they activate and they do all this stuff, you got to drag them there because it's not in line with who they are. Mm-hmm. So it's, it doesn't really make sense to do it. And a lot of the stuff that I do, I'm not just showing up because they like, okay, we paid you. So this is something that you have to do is like, it matches up with stuff that I'm interested in, stuff that I care about. So it's not like a hassle. Yeah, I get tired sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like going. But once I get there and it's <laughs> stuff that I care about, like, I'm going to want to be there. I'm going to treat the situation as if I want to be there because it's stuff that I care about. So I think that's that's the difference in people signing up to partner with people that have the same things in mind and people who just like, they paying me what? They gonna pay for this? Okay, let's do it. Right. And then when it's time to take action, they like they don't really want to do it because it's not something that's in line with how they feel. How cool is it for you? Adidas is right here in Portland, yeah. the North American headquarters, so you can go meet with their team. You can be part of the creative yeah. process. I-, I would think that would be a big advantage for you with them, and obviously for them with you to produce a product that is really representative of yeah. what you both want to put out there. I mean, it's it's perfect for me because because of like the communication. If it's something they need to talk to me about, like they can find me. If it's something they need me to come see, it's not like they gotta wait till I come play here. Like, I literally have had times where they like, Dame, um, whenever you got time, we got a shoe that we want you to see. We need you to test it or whatever, or we got some new colorways or whatever. And I'd be like, all right, I'll be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> They're like, what? And they'd be like, right now? I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to come in 20 minutes. And I go up there, we meet, and I look at all the stuff. And then while I'm there, I walk in, and they got another meeting about apparel. And they like, oh, damn, you're here. What you think about this? And mm-hmm. I end up sitting in there, and I'm like, I don't really like that. I would rather do this. So it's like, that's really helpful. It's, it's really helpful, like with us both being here a few more things uh space jam 2 reports are that you're part of the movie i don't know how much you can talk about it or not um if you can't talk about it just i can't say much but i'm in it okay <laughs> that's cool i mean that's gotta be exciting for, uh, you know it was 23 I can years ago it was a picture somebody uh snuck a picture of us on set so okay i'm not telling y'all nothing that the world <laughs> don't know already all right, Jimmy Goldstein's house. No. <laughs> I saw that setup. That was pretty cool. Um, Dame time. It's become universally known. You're not only the guy that wants the ball in your hands at the end of the game, but you actually come through. Because there's a lot of guys that want the ball at the end, but they don't actually come through. And the other thing that I think makes it even harder is like everyone knows about Dame time now yeah, too. Like so they know. A harder now. Yeah, he's taking the shot. So it's a little harder than it used to be now. They just, I don't know. It's now like when the clock is running down, sometimes they just run two people and make me pass the ball. Uh, just different junk defenses. Like they just do it different. Uh, I thought it was like, it became a thing in Portland where everybody was like, Dame time, right. and all this stuff. 
Um, but I think once it, it became like a, a national thing after we beat the Rockets in the playoffs and then after um, this year, it just – after this year, it really was like it took off. Yeah, you, you kind of changed the fortune of a franchise with that uh, that shot. Uh, last question. What can I say? That was <laughs> – that was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fatherhood, uh, baby Dame, how has fatherhood changed your perspective on things? Um, just how careful you got to be sometimes. It's, you know, I think you, as a, as an athlete, we just, I get so caught up in, I need to go work out. I need to go do this. I got to go here and speak here. I, you got to do so many things that is like, it consumes you. You know, it's like, this is all you doing. And then you look up and it's been three weeks and I haven't spoke to my grandmother. And then I haven't talked to my dad in two weeks. Like mm-hmm. you just start going, going, going. And then like, since I had my son, like it makes me slow down where I'm like, I'm not going to be a dad that's, my son can't talk to and that my son don't see every day before he go to sleep and when he playing that he can't play with me and stuff like that so that made me slow down and now that I'm slowed down I'm like me and my dad talking all the time like I'm not missing those windows that I would like the last few years I'm like going all these amounts of time without like my mom go out of town and we don't talk the whole time she out of town stuff like that so it just it slowed me down like it just make me kind of manage my time better because I'm I'm not rushing here and rushing there as much. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me. Continued success to you. You're truly an inspiration on and off the basketball court. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. One word you wouldn't typically associate with a dress shirt is comfort. However, the folks over at Mizzen in Maine are changing this. Their shirts are incredibly comfortable. Mizzen in Maine makes dress shirts for men that fixes everything that's ever been wrong with shirts for so long. Their shirts breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. It's like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for travel. They've taken the hassle out of looking great through wrinkle resistance and the ability to wash your shirts at home. No more last-minute ironing. No more after-work trips to the dry cleaner. It's a shirt that's worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head over to MizzenInMaine.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenInMaine.com, code SBR. I can tell you one thing. I'll be wearing Mizzen in Maine dress shirts at all future sports business radio roadshows and sports PR summit events. I can't wait. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. And we want to remind you all the great places you can get the Sports Business Radio podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in wherever you get your podcast, you can find Sports Business Radio. So download us for on-demand listening. Subscribe, rate, and review us as well. We always appreciate the reviews. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, 
I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.